tonight I'm going to continue my life story. So we went two weeks without furniture. We went weeks, you know, just trying to get everything together. And it just felt so wonderful and so nice to just be surrounded by my children and knowing that I could pick up the puzzle that was broken and just mend it and just put it back together again and I did it so that they would know mommy was strong mommy was a fighter and that mommy could conquer the world in their eyes I was their hero so we lived there for about three years um, it was really nice. It was just me and the kids. And my grandmother moved down, and she was up in New York at the time. And she moved down to stay with us, and I kept telling her, I was like, Granny, no, Granny, I got it. And she always wanted to help. She wanted to help me out because she knew I really didn't have help from anyone. I didn't have help from my the father of my children I didn't have help from anyone and I kept telling her no I want to do it by myself I want to prove to my kids I was being too prideful so it was the last week of April my birthday was May 2nd so the last week of April she called me and she said I want to come down for your birthday so I said okay It'd be nice, you know, to spend time with her and the kids. And so she came down and she came down when she got here. We went to the airport, me and the kids, and picked her up. And she told me she was here to stay. She didn't want to go back to New York because she didn't like it up there, the cold weather. And most of all, she didn't want to be away from us. That was in 2013. So, for a while, she stayed with me and the kids. You know, she would help me. I would go to work in the mornings, and she would be there at the house, helping me with laundry, helping me with dishes and dinner and everything. It was just really nice. And growing up with her when I was younger, she was my best friend. She was someone that I thought could live forever. You know, I thought she was everlasting. Her smell, the way she talked, she walked with me. Her smile. So she ended up living with us. Um, My kids loved it. They loved having Granny in the house. And I loved it because I had somebody to come home to that I knew loved me. A couple months passed and... I started talking to somebody, you know, as friends, and I had told him that I had four kids and told him my situation and everything, and he seemed okay with it, and I was kind of nervous because he didn't have any kids, and he lived about 45 minutes away, and it was just new to me again after being by myself for about two and a half years, three years doing everything by myself I just didn't want to jump into anything so we went out one night and we went to walk 
our spot. Our spot is Bayshore in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. So we walked along Bayshore and talked and we just, we fell in love. It was like love at first sight. (laughs) The laughing, the me being shy all over again. It was just, it was beautiful. I couldn't stop staring at him. He couldn't stop staring at me. The funny thing is, is that (laughs) he is Mexican, but he is the most redneck white Mexican (laughs) out there because he pulls up in a lowrider. It was a Ford F-150, but it was low and it had rims. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I seen he was bald. I was like, oh my gosh. You just, you just tried to catfish me because I didn't know who you were. <laughs> Anyways, he was listening to George Strait and Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is not right. And he gets out and he speaks perfect English. He... It was, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Anyways, let me jump back to the story. So, within the month, he moved in. He moved in with me. He moved in with my kids, my grandma. We all liked him. We loved him. And she liked him. And she loved him because he respected myself. He respected my kids. And my kids respected him at the time my oldest daughter was seven about to be eight my other daughter was five about to be six my first son was three about to be four and then my little one was barely turning two years old so first someone we had having no kids to coming into something like that it's it's nice and it's scary because you're like I don't know you know so that's how it was but it was great he he would take the kids to daycare with me and the morning before work and you know and pick them up if I got out late and come home and help you know with everything and my grandma loved him like I could tell she would call him on his way home she didn't care she was oh I need to bring me two cheeseburgers she was not playing if he did not come home with those oh you better turn around and go back (laughs) so we ended up living together all of us and then around October I believe My grandma, I don't know, she felt that she needed her own space, I guess. So, I got her a a little duplex apartment, like an efficiency apartment, here, close by, about five minutes away, and she stayed there because she wanted us to be a family. She didn't want to be in the way, and I told her, no, you're not in the way. But it was okay because it was close by. So she ended up moving out, which was really hard. 
but she was close by and then we ended up finding out that we were pregnant in September <laughs> of 2013 I was already like a month two months maybe I didn't know I just started feeling sick I and it had to quit my job because where I was working at there were chemicals there like for the ag and stuff like that and like the fields strawberry fields and farming and my doctor told me it's like if you continue to work in this environment your child can come out to have some type of disability and that was hard for me after being very independent you know for the past three years and like proving my kids that I could I could do it by myself I didn't need nobody to help me and stuff like that but you know he was okay with it and what was important was that our child to come out healthy so October passes November comes up and it's Thanksgiving and everything and I kind of got into like a small argument with my grandma I think it was because I was working so much and I was in love and I had five kids or at the time I had four kids but just doing everything was like a lot of work and I felt like I was kind of abandoning her and it just killed me inside because our relationship from when I was a baby we had a special bond so we ended up not talking for Thanksgiving that year and now I look back and I'm I wish I could just apologize and forgive everything and I do forgive but I wish I had that one chance to make everything right and then in December comes around and it's almost Christmas and I'm planning to have something special for you know have my grandma come over with the kids and have something special for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day it was about four o'clock in the morning maybe five o'clock it was a Saturday morning, December 21st, 2013. I get a call from one of my aunts that she lives in Ohio. And she told me if I could go and check on my grandma because my cousin had placed a message on Facebook that he had found my grandma did and I got up so quick I got the kids up at this time I'm about close to four months pregnant I did end up telling her when we got into the argument before I did tell her and I knew it was a boy because I had already found out and she knew he was a boy she was happy
we got the kids up and we rushed. Like I said, it was about five or 10 minutes away. And we rushed over there to make sure everything was okay. My boyfriend at the time, he was getting ready to go to work actually. But instead we rushed over there. And pulling up to that scene in her apartment taped off with like crime scene tape I knew I knew she was gone things just flashed through my mind I couldn't believe it all I remember is being there and my sister coming both of my sisters come and um, we were just there and I remember running a couple apartments away to where my mom was. She had an apartment close by my grandma. That's another reason why I was so comfortable leaving her there. And I'm banging on the door, banging on the doors. I'm trying to call my mom to, to open the door, like, to be with me. And... She didn't even live there anymore. She was off with her husband in India visiting his family. And me and her hadn't talked in I don't know how long because of something that happened with one of my other sisters. And it's just a big mess. That's a story for another day. But um, she wasn't there no more. My mom didn't live there. So then I'm back standing with my sisters and then my cousin, he has an addiction to drugs. Um, he walks out and says, I came home from a party and she was just laying there. But his post was just totally different than what he told me so the hours passed it was about 4.30 when we arrived and the sun was coming up my kids were in the car the officer asked us you know she did pass away unexpectedly you know, we were told to find a funeral home and we chose one that my grandpa had used. So, when they arrive and they prep her and everything, they asked if we would like to go in and pay our respects. 
my older sister went in first with her husband. And she just came out crying. Just crying. And she begged me not to go in. Because she knew that me and my grandma were inseparable. Sorry. She knew that if I went in, it would kill me. It would kill me to see her the way she was. So, I went in anyways. Because I just couldn't believe it. And... I wish I never would have went in there. It was something that I never want to, I never wanted to see. I just, I wanted her back so bad. But I never questioned why, like why, why, why did God take her or why did this happen this way? To this day, it's hard to talk about because she was like my mother. She was my best friend. And she was the only one that was always there for me and my kids. The only one. She helped me so many times. She gave me so much advice. And she loved me unconditionally. With my mom being in India, my other aunt living in Ohio, and then my other aunt was in jail at the time. It was left up to me and my two sisters. What do we do? What do we do? We've never done this before. What do we do? We didn't have no money for her burial. We didn't have anything. Christmas didn't seem like Christmas at all. It was just another day. And then my oldest daughter's birthday is the 23rd. And it was just horrible. Because we were all sad. We all were just grieving. So we made arrangements with the funeral home. We weren't sure what to do. I couldn't get a hold of my mom. My aunts, they didn't have the money. We, we didn't have it. We had four kids and we were barely getting by. And my grandma had just discontinued her life insurance. And it was just, it was a big nightmare. So she ended up being cremated a month later. A month. And the day I got her back was one of the hardest days of my life. Getting her back and holding her like that, it just, it was just like a nightmare. Like it, 
hurts so bad. I'm telling you, if you have somebody that you love so much, hold them close. Don't let any arguments or anything get in the way because you never know when somebody's going to go live life to the fullest and love each other and always say I love you so that happened and I was very depressed and I was still pregnant we ended up having our son excuse me on July June 9th of 2014 and it was the most calm beautiful delivery I had my first epidural the nurses were just wonderful I was surrounded by friends, family, co-workers. It was really nice. And at the same time, I could feel my grandma's presence with me. And to this day, my son is now six, about to be seven. So she's gone. She's been gone for about seven years. And it kills me every day. But through him, I I see her and I feel her. Through him, I think a part of her lives within him. And a couple years had passed and we finally ended up moving because I was just so sad at the house because that's where she always was and I was always sad because the memory is there so we ended up moving to a house we ended up renting a house it was a nice house and we made it home the years have passed and we were there and we struggled and sometimes we were good and we struggled and sometimes we were better and we just started going to church and doing the right thing and just loving each other and taking care of our family and our kids the way we were supposed to and at the same time we had her watching over us So the years have passed and then like I said in the beginning I didn't grow up with my father I had my mom my two aunts well one lived in Ohio but my, and my grandma and grandpa and that was it very small family so one day about a year ago today, so last year, 
during COVID happened, you know, COVID and everything happened. Everybody was shut down. Everything was, all the kids were home for six to seven months. It was crazy. So I started talking with a friend and we have been trying to find our father since forever. She was missing her father. She didn't grow up with him. She had a stepfather, but I didn't. So one day I'm sitting here at the computer and I'm like, what is my dad's name? What was it? I really want to know. So I had messaged one of my mom's friends, a good childhood friend of hers that she had, and she told me. And I was looking on Facebook and doing all kinds of things, and I did um, ancestry and like a lot of other things, and some things came up, but it just kind of really didn't lead me to anything. But when I got the name, it changed everything. So, I ended up looking his name up just to see if I could find anything, if, you know, anything. And I found a bunch of profiles with his name, same picture, just, I guess he lost his password, I don't know. (laughs) So, I found a bunch of profiles and I messaged them all and then, I messaged all of them and then maybe 30 minutes later I get a message back and I the message I sent was do you know someone named Lori and his message reply was no who's asking so I said my name is Christina and I'm 33 years old I had just turned 34 actually so but I did say 33 um I said I live in Florida I've been looking for my father for so many years. I said, this is the name that they gave me that was my father. I know that I'm Honduran because my father's Honduran. My mom is American. I said, and I see your nationality is Honduran. A bunch of stuff. And he said, can I call you? And I freaked out. I was like, no, I don't want to talk to him, he's a stranger, you know, so I was like, no, it's better if we continue to chat on Messenger, so we're chatting, and he was like, where do you know me from, and I was telling him all kinds of things that I just remember hearing over the years about like a family member of his owning a store and my mom used to take me when I was like in first grade to the store and I would tell him you know where my mom showed me where he lived at I would tell him oh it's in this area and I would send him pictures and then I sent him a picture of myself and he sent me a picture of his daughter he has two daughters one lived in Honduras and one lived in Spain with a son also that lived in Spain. They had just traveled from Honduras to Spain. But he said, you look like my daughter. And I told him, I have been looking for my dad for 34 years. And I started crying because I was like, oh my gosh, I look like them. They look like me. My kids look like them. 
and he told me he said I have a daughter that I never met and she lived in Plant City and that's exactly where I live so I call my husband and I tell him I'm crying and I'm telling him I think I found my dad he's like what what happened like what and I'm like no really I think I found my dad my real dad my real dad because I was supposed to be helping my friend look for her dad but I was being selfish so I you know I'm like I want to find my dad I need to find my dad and I didn't think I was like no it's not gonna lead to nothing anyways so anyways it led to me finding my dad it was the most beautiful thing I had prayed for since I was I was a teenager I longed for a father since I was a kid but I prayed for it since I was a teenager and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and that day God blessed me he helped me find him so we talked a couple days later we did a video call with my siblings that I've never met and to this day I have not met and it was amazing it was amazing to have someone to call dad it was so weird but you know like I can't explain but it was beautiful it really was and then I had an aunt that lived in New York my dad was actually living in Jersey and I had an uncle that lived in New York and then I had an aunt in Honduras that she's a pastor and I have an uncle in Honduras as well as well as my siblings and it was just amazing it was amazing and I started getting all these friend requests from all these people I'm like oh my god I don't know all these people but okay so I'm accepting them and they're oh my gosh I'm so happy they were congratulating they were saying how my dad looked for me and he got nowhere because he didn't have a name or he didn't have it was I was I felt I felt like I was on top of the world I can do whatever I want I was like I was like wow I was astounded you know so with COVID going on you know we would FaceTime all the time we would text message and send pictures and eventually you know my kids started talking to him and it was beautiful it was beautiful oh my god and that would happen my birthday was on May 2nd and that happened on May 6th I believe that that was my birthday gift from my grandma from God and from the prayers that I prayed all those years and the pain and the hurt that I went through through all those years I felt like it vanished kind of in a way and it was just a feeling that I don't and nothing can compare to it so we finally made plans. Oh, he was going to come for 
Father's Day. I was so excited. The first Father's Day with my father. I could buy him something and say, Happy Father's Day, Dad. And, and, and come to find out, like, him and my husband, they share the same birthday. As well as my pastor in my church. Three guys who I love have the same birthday. So I was like, okay, that's a good sign. Thank you, God. And then I found out that my oldest sister, Kayla, her birthday is actually May 3rd and mine is the 2nd. I was like, oh my gosh. And we were three years apart. And it was just like, oh my gosh. Like all of this stuff. It was just like, it was so weird. Like my grandfather passed away, my mom's dad on January 6th of 97 and my dad's mom passed away January 6th 2018 I was like oh my gosh that's so weird so my oldest daughter birthday is December 23rd you know a couple days before my grandma's passing and then I have my (laughs) I have my my cousin birthday Louis the same the same year 2003 December 23rd I was like oh my god you guys are twins it was so it was so amazing it was so amazing and so much more but you have no idea it was it was a blessing and then so he came down for father's day meeting him and going to the airport and picking out the father's day gift um, is this going to be good enough is this good or you know making a poster it was like the best thing it was like after all these years God heard my prayers and arriving in the airport with my husband and my kids and the poster and just with this feeling of craziness and happiness it was it was amazing it was amazing and then seeing him come down the the um, the escalator like I was like oh my gosh no wonder I'm so short because you're short like I was like I was crying it was so nice it was so nice and my aunts I would talk to them every single day, every day, FaceTime, every every day. So much love and text messaging from my uncles and my other aunts and my siblings. And it got to where I had to tell my biological sisters here that I grew up with. I'm like, if they post something and I post something on Facebook, don't get offended because I love you guys more. Like... I love you guys, you know, and I just felt like, I felt like I was betraying my sisters. I don't know why, but I felt like that. I know I wasn't, but that's how I felt. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm hugging him. Like, this is so crazy. This is real. This is, I. So... He came, he stayed with us for five days. 
we went to the beach we went shopping we we did so many things i cooked for him we went to the park the kids played they ran around with grandpa it was amazing 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 (sighs) thank you god it was amazing just to feel what it feels like to have a father you have no idea those of you who have fathers in your life you guys are like some of the luckiest people so then the day came and he had to go back and it was just so hard it was hard Uh, I was crying so much and the last hug goodbye and watching him leave on the from the airport and with COVID you couldn't walk him all the way you just had to stop there and like it was it was really really hard and I'm like are we gonna see you again you know when's the next time we're gonna see you and he's like I'm gonna come back I'm gonna come back give me eight weeks I'm gonna come back so my husband's sleeping guys anyways so I was like I don't know I can't wait that long and I was getting aggravated I was like no like it has to be today it has to be now and like I was just you know so he got back home and the same thing messaging FaceTime everything so then my husband's grandfather was he was getting really sick around this time and um he was getting sick around this time and that's that's um a big part in our life that it kind of changed a lot On the week that my dad was supposed to come back, he was moving back to Florida. My husband's grandfather got really, really sick. And he ended up in the hospital the day that my dad arrived. He ended up being put on oxygen it was just it was really bad nobody could visit nobody could do anything we were in the parking lot in our cars like with our kids like just waiting to hear something waiting just waiting and nothing we were not getting nothing and then my dad moved down here and it was like God sent somebody to, you know, to, um, to be with us at that time, and, um, it was like, um, just something that you pray about, you know, like, have somebody there to, to be with you and to comfort you through the hard times, so my dad was here, I think, three or four days, and that happened. Grandpa passed. He passed away, and it was just a really hard time. It was a really hard time. 
And then from that moment on, I had my dad here. Knowing I didn't have him for the 34 years that I needed him the most, you know, especially as a child, you know, um, it's hard. So he moved down here and I, I don't know what happened. Maybe for three months, everything was great. Like the kids were out of school because of the COVID and we got to go to the pool. We got to go to the park. We got to spend time. But as the kids went back to school, like everything just kind of, kind of slowed down with my dad on that, on his part. Um, it just was like, he was pulling himself away from us. I don't know if it was because it was something new to him of having his children grow up. You know, he him living here in the United States and them living in Honduras. I don't know what happened, but he cut me off big time. Like, he didn't talk to me for three months, maybe four months. And it killed me because it's something I have prayed about like my whole life and it was just being pulled right from under my feet and there was nothing I could do about it so once he stopped talking to me his family stopped talking to me and then everything happened like he got upset because we go on vacation every year with my husband, myself, and the kids. Every year we, we try to go somewhere just to ease our minds a little, you know, with Christmas and my grandma's passing and stuff like that. So we had made plans earlier on in the year to go to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And he was mad because we didn't include him, but he wasn't here he had went somewhere to visit one of his friends or one of his friends came in from from out of town or something and he just got upset about that so he didn't talk to me for a while and then I said I need to spend time with my dad on Christmas so me I go and try to make things right I because that's the person that I am so I go to try to make things right and everything's good and then we start talking again, thank God. And, you know, we spend time for Christmas and everything's good. And New Year's Eve, it was good. But then I kind of noticed that he was not really wanting to be there. And again, after New Year's, he stopped talking again for like about two months. And me, again, I go and try to make things right. And it just feels like I am after something in my life that has nothing, no consideration of me at all. So that's why I'm here telling this. Because if somebody really wants to be in your life, they'll make time for you. And they will put you as a priority. Just like how I do. I really want him in my life. So I, of course, I continue to practically beg 
and I shouldn't be like that. So I'm just going to leave it there on that note. And I will finish another day. But think about that. If somebody really wants you in their life, they will make time for you. Just as you want them in yours, you'll make time for them. I just pray that you all have a good day, a good night, and that you continue to listen to this podcast. And I hope that it touches someone, or if someone is in the same situation that I am, I just pray for your hearts, and I pray that you find peace and happiness. Until next time. Have you ever been in an abusive relationship? Today I'm going to talk about my life and the abuse that I endured for 13 years. I had started dating when I was 13. I know it's very young, but you know when you're in middle school and high school and you fall in love and you just, you think that you're in love basically. I fell in love with this guy and you know we were together for a while and he started getting he's you know in the beginning everything is roses and sunflowers you know um we had dated for a while mind you I was 13 he was 14 so we had dated for a while the years have passed we had entered high school and he just started getting very controlling you know, 15, 16 years old, getting controlling, and me, you know, it was something that I've never witnessed, and, you know, I didn't know what was happening, but in the same time, I knew, so I stayed with him, of course, because I loved him, I mean, I thought I did, and, you know, it happens. I got pregnant with my first daughter when I was 17, close to when I was turning 18. So I'm I'm almost 18, I'm pregnant with my daughter, and everything is good, you know, everything was good, and until the abuse started. It's very hard to talk about because I endured this abuse for a long time by someone that I thought loved me. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you are in a situation where you're being abused physically, verbally, mentally, emotionally, any type of any type of abuse, you have to get away. You have to get out of that relationship because 
I am going to tell you right now, it is not going to work. It is not going to work because once an abuser is an abuser, he will always be an abuser. He or she, it doesn't matter, he or she. So we were together, we had our first daughter, and then we ended up having another daughter, and then we had two boys together. But all between these years, things were up, they were good, and they would fall down, they were bad, up and down, up and down, up and down. It was like an emotional roller coaster for me. It would drain me to the point to where I would cry every night. Every night I would cry, I would pray to God, I would beg God. God, just please, just remove him from my life. Don't hurt him, please, God, just don't hurt him. Just remove him from my life. And one day, God answered that prayer. You know, it was was crazy because, like, we had been arguing and fighting, and my babies, they were witnessing this. And thus, I feel so bad about that because, like, my kids witnessed him hitting me with a vacuum cleaner, knocking me to the ground. When I would cook dinner or lunch or breakfast, whatever it would be, a meal I would prepare, if it was something that he was not in the mood for, he would slam the plate to the ground. He would he would t- totally just destroy the house. It, it was very hard for me. And I look back now and I'm like, girl, like, Why? Why did you put up with that for so long? You know, I think to myself. But in the same time, at the time, I was doing it for my kids. I wanted my kids to have their father in their life and their mother. Because I didn't have my father and he didn't have his father. And that's what I wanted for my kids. Us parents, like, we want the best for our kids. We want this. We want that. We want top notch. You know what I'm saying? We want the best for our kids. So I stayed with him. I stayed with him. I, I the beatings, the the name calling, like the family just, you know, calling me this, calling me that. Oh, these ain't your kids, or they're not his kids. And I'm like, really? Like I've been with him since I was a child. You know, a child. I was 13 years old. It's all I knew. You know. So, like I said, I stayed with him. The beatings happened, the abuse, the, you know, the name calling that he did to me and and just the rudeness, the the cold hardness of him, you know. So, like I said, I kept praying to God, Lord, just, just get me out of this situation. Get me and my children out of this situation. So one day we got into an argument, like a really big argument because he would work night shift four days and he would work day shift four days and he would be on and off and have four days off it's confusing but he would work night shift and his mom worked with him and one night um our daughter had gotten really sick so I had drove to his job you know to you know pick him up to go with me to the hospital and he wasn't there like his car was there but I called and called and called and he was not nowhere there so this is where the cheating comes in you know it was the lying the the abuse the cheating and I just I couldn't believe it you know you give somebody your life you give them four beautiful kids and they just turn their back on you like it was nothing you know so 
the pain from that like like I said I went to his job he wasn't there I called his mom was telling me oh yeah he's here he's working he can't come to the phone okay he was not there the next day he never came home the day after that he never came home his car was still sitting in the parking lot of the company that he worked for and his mom was still telling me that he was working okay he was working for four days straight with no sleep without answering the phone without coming to no so I knew then that something was up you know I was like okay this is not right so like I told him he ended up coming home when he was going in for day shift on the next week it was like four or five days he ended up coming home he said that he was with his mom the whole time and he really wasn't so I told him I said okay stay there stay there and he cussed me out blah 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 you know trying to cover up for himself and then his mom trying to cover lies for him you know and she never really did like me she liked me when I was younger but after I had like my second daughter she was like oh those are not his kids they look just like him they came out hairy as hell just like him but thank god they're not no more but anyways (laughs) but like I said she didn't like me so she was gonna do whatever her son wanted she was gonna listen to everything that he wanted um in the past he had been arrested I did put him in jail for like he picked up a vacuum cleaner and he literally like beat me with this vacuum cleaner I I think I blacked out because I don't remember what happened after that so anyways I found out that he was him and another co-worker were with two other women in this nasty trailer park it was so disgusting like I'm like how could you not only me like how could you cheat on your family how could you how could you just like mislead me to thinking that you are working and, and you weren't even working like how could you you're what you're choosing this over your family over your kids you're turning your back on me you're turning your back on your kids so that was it you know he ended up moving in with his mom he left me basically with nothing he left me with nothing I was not working I was a stay-at-home mom I had four kids you know my youngest at the time he wasn't even a year old yet he was I mean when I was pregnant with my youngest one like when I was three or four months pregnant we stopped sleeping in the same room he didn't really talk to me so there was a lot going on you know and I'm not the perfect person I'm not gonna sit here and say you know I'm perfect I didn't cuss at him or I did I did because it was a lifestyle that I was that you know that was a transition for me from from the good girl that I was into the person that he was making me be he was turning me into a monster not with my kids never but with him and me the the just the the back and forth the bickering the arguing it was it was it was so toxic and it wasn't worth it I had nothing so he left me with nothing I remember calling him one time I was just so desperate because I was the type I never asked for help from nobody so I remember calling him I'm like hey you know your son needs diapers can you bring some diapers he brought the diapers he threw them in our driveway of the house that we had he threw them in the driveway and he told me f you and your kids and that was the last time I seen him that was the last time I seen him for about three years and we live in the same area mind you we had four kids together 
three years, okay? And it killed me because that was my partner since I was 13, you know? I was with him very young. We had kids. And it killed me. But you know what? I started praying with my kids every night that God would get us out of that situation. God would get us out of that situation and he would make us into new people and just get our lives back where we needed to be. About a week later, I started applying for jobs because I couldn't do it no more. I couldn't be at home with with no income, with nothing. You know, I couldn't. I had to prove to my kids that I could do it by myself, with or without daddy. And you know what? I think that's the best decision that I made. So the house payment ended up coming up. You know, I had to pay the payment, which I had nothing. He took the bank cards. He swept out the accounts. He had everything. Left me with nothing. And I was just broken. I was hurt. You know, I called the police station. I said, look, I don't know what to do. He left. You know, I I have nothing. I'm going to start working soon, I hope. You know, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And they told me, come down to the police station and we'll figure something out. So me and my kids, and actually I had a friend at the time, and she was going through the same thing. She lived a couple doors down from me, and she had girls also. And we went together. And it was very scary because I'm like, what does this mean? You know, for my life, what does this mean? You know, I know God, thank you for removing the evil out of my life. But what does this mean for my kids? If I do this, will he have any contact with them? Will he, will he love them? I would. It was running through my mind, you know, as a mom, as a parent. You want your kids to have the most love that they can have. I filled out the paperwork and come to find out they were going to send me and my four kids to a shelter for women and children. I was so scared my friend she had I think three girls at the time and she was scared too you know but it's like this is our only way out you know this is what we have to do and it was just so hard it really was so I told the officer I said give me some time to think about it I said and I will get back with you within one to two days because I, I didn't want my kids in a shelter. I didn't want them seeing mommy fail. So I went home and I called one of my best friends. She has been my best friend since middle school. She was my best friend. So I give her a call and I'm telling her what's going on because she knows how he is. You know, I had been going on forever, and I would tell her, you know, like, I don't know how long I can take this girl. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And that day I called her, and I told her she had asked me what I was doing. I had told her what, you know, I had went to the police station. I had did the reports with the police, and, you know, I was going to go to a shelter. I told her, I said, I just got to have somebody help me get my stuff out of my house and put into a storage until I can get a job and get my own place. I said, but I have nowhere to go. My grandmother, my best friend, she was 
living in a older community. There could be no kids there. She offered to move in and take over the payments. And I didn't want to. You know why? Because there was so much negative memories in that house that I was having nightmares. It was so bad. So, I, you know, like I said, I was talking to my friend and she's like, okay, let me call you back. I got to go do something. Not thinking at all what she was going to go do. I wasn't worried. I was just focused on my kids at the time, you know. So she calls me back like 20, 30 minutes later. And she's like, hey, I know that I live far. I know that I live with my mom, she said, but you're my best friend. And we've been friends for so long. She said, my mom said she wants you and the kids to come and stay with us until you get on your feet. And I'm telling you, like, I didn't get a call from my older sister. I didn't get a call from my younger sister. I didn't get a call from my mom. I didn't get a call from him saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to fix things. I got a call from my best friend. My best friend that is not even blood to me. To this day, we're still best friends. We don't hang out as much, but we can talk and we can pick up right where we left off. But I'm telling you, I was so happy and nervous and scared and everything because like I've never lived with nobody else you know but I just knew it was God's way of telling me you're gonna be okay because he knew that I needed a support team I needed someone who knew what I was going through to help me get through what I was going through so the next day, I started packing everything up, getting everything, throwing things away, getting rid of stuff. You know, by the end of the week, her parents came and they helped me load everything into their trailers. And and they helped me move stuff to my storage that I had gotten. And it was, it was like, wow, like, like, I really have help, you know, like, I really have help. Like, God is so good, you know? So I went. We lived with her. I had gotten a job. I was a receptionist. My kids were in daycare. My kids were in school. You know, I had, oh, my God, I was set. You know, I was like, God, you're so amazing. You're so amazing for helping me over this mountain that I thought I would never get over. I was at the peak of the mountain, and I was... I was thinking about falling back down the same way that I came back up. But instead, I just kept going and going. So I ended up living with her for about two or three months. I kept my job. I was working. I was doing so good. I haven't. I didn't get a call from him at all. At all. Nothing. I didn't get anything from him. And... He it just like to me it was like he didn't care. He didn't care how the kids were or or where'd you go or you know where are my kids at. I didn't get anything. So I had started working more and more and I had saved a little bit because I was paying her mom a hundred dollars a week plus groceries. I mean I didn't want to live for free. I would feel so bad because I'm not the type to just live off of somebody. So I would pay her what I could and, you know, I was paying daycare and for four kids, it's not cheap at all. And I had my insurance and my vehicle, you know, it was, it was a lot. It was, it was really, it was a lot, but 
I just thank God for having such amazing people that he placed in my life at the time when I needed it. So I lived with her for a couple of months, and then I ended up moving to this, like, little apartment. It was one bedroom. Um, The living room, it was like an efficiency. It was super small, but you know what? I was so happy because I was like, okay, this is just the first step, guys. I told my kids, I was like, just wait. Mommy's going to get us a house. We're going to be good, you know, and we continued to pray. We continued to pray every night, every morning. We would get up, we would, you know, get dropped off at daycare. I would go to work. I mean, I mean, it was so wonderful to know that, like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing this by myself. I am a strong woman, you know, and, oh, my God, I just want to cry because, like, how can somebody leave their family? How? I just thank God every day that he made me. He made me strong. So, we were that, excuse me, we were in that one-bedroom apartment for about eight weeks. And I had filed my taxes that year. Because I did work a little bit. And I was like, okay, whatever I get, I'm going to use and I'm going to get us a house. I promise. And I did. I was so proud of myself. You don't understand, like, the struggles within six months. And then to where I was six or seven months later. Like, I remember going to look at houses and different things. And I like I got one I got the keys she said you're a homeowner I was so excited to tell my kids we drove by there and by there and by there and by there I'm like oh my god I have a problem like how am I gonna get all of our stuff what little bit I didn't sell you know like our beds I don't even know I think I had one bed at the time and one small little tv and I had bought a table for my manager at work and I'm like, how am I going to get this? Girl, let me tell you guys something. My four kids, the one, yeah, he was a baby. But the three of them, let me tell you something. Those are my little heroes. Because we loaded bags and bags and dressers and mirrors and a mattress. We went three or four times back to make the trips. But I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want help from nobody. I wanted to do it by myself. Because one day my kids might be in that situation and I don't want them like, oh, if I don't have help, I can't do it. No, baby, you get up, you can do it, you got this. So we would back and forth, back and forth from the storage unit. It was about a 30-minute drive back and forth. And, you know, I had took a couple days off of work just, just to move in. And it was just, it was so awesome. I wish now, like, I would have taken pictures because it's like, the big mountain that we crossed we did it together me and my babies we did it together we moved in we moved all of our furniture it was amazing we did go a week without lights but you know what they got candles (laughs) they have candles they have flashlights it was crazy though because we made the best out of it we made the best out of it We look back now, we're like, dang, 
like dang mommy they're so proud of me like and it just makes me like that's who the that's why I'm the woman I am today I'm not saying I'm better than anybody but I'm saying like my kids know what kind of mommy that they have one that will go crazy to get them what they deserve so we moved in you know my grandma at the time she was living in like I said in an older um like neighborhood for older people so she had went on a trip to New York and she ended up moving there for a couple of months 